Hello and welcome to What A Way To Make A Living, the podcast where we talk to people working creatively about what they do for a living and why. I'm Deborah O'Shea and I'm Amelia Liuzzi. In this episode, we chat to designer Stacey Wolseley, who specialises in anthropological futures. She's the founder of Make Your Own Masters, an alternative art and design education experiment. Everything I own is always dying, so... I'm just going to try and leave that. Oh, yeah, yeah. charge it. Yeah, yeah. Every enough. time I look, it's on like 1%, and I'm like, oh, oh no. You've just not got it down. Yeah, well, slash, yeah. it's all broke, so that probably makes sense. Yeah. Oh, this is what I'm working with. Oh, no. Look at look. Did that just scratch? No, oh, it's up there. No. Okay. I've got like I these black holes appearing. Oh, God. Yeah, that's. Can you still press the free button? It's all going well, other than I'm in a really like weird Sudoku face. What's up with the number is very difficult. Oh no, making it even harder. Yeah. Oh, I should stop playing it because it's not full. So. <laughs> not been an enforced ban. I never got into this. No, yeah. I why it's, it's hit me hard. Really? Yeah. Why do you like it? I have no idea because it's so boring and I get angry. It's not good for me. It's really strange. It is weird. Do you really play phone games? No. My friend got like one of them weird like board Sudoku's where you have to put the things in. Ah. I was like, we didn't have internet for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got hooked. No, succinct way yeah. and it changes every time I say it yeah. <laughs> um, I started a program called make your own masters which is kind of an alternative learning experiment to postgraduate education and it all kind of came about when I reached a point where I really wanted to do a masters myself and um, learned very quickly that that wasn't going to be an option um, the RCA told me to save 40,000 pounds and then kind of come back to them to be able to kind of afford the fees and live and, and learn in London. Um, and that wasn't happening. So I kind of decided that if I can't afford to buy an education, how do I make my own? Um, so I set out uh, trying to build a custom kind of education that sourced from an industry for free. So I started emailing people that I kind of like admired and the work they were doing um, and asked them if they could set me briefs and kind of build this like DIY curriculum from then uh, and then set out kind of building a network of mentors so I'd like to kind of spread the load of my learning um, across different people and like professionals and then built a network of peers so people my age doing things that I was interested in whether it was creative or more like science and academic stuff um, just to kind of like build a support system and that I could go and ask people for help 
and I finished that in June 2019, so last year. And then since then, I've kind of been working to roll out whatever system that is for 10 other new people. When it first started, what was like the intention, I guess, by getting people to set you projects? Was it that you'd end up with something for your portfolio to then go on to something else? Or like, what was the sort of like hope there? I think that I was very confused. I knew I'd done a graphic design course, but I'm, a, I'm by no means a graphic designer. Uh, and I'd done the graphic design jobs and I thought maybe it's the ideas stuff so I went into advertising and it wasn't that either it was the more experimental stuff um, and the more future facing stuff and everyone that I could see in that field had all gone and done an MA so I was like well maybe if I can just get a portfolio and a body of work that proves I can do and think in that way um, that was kind of my intention and I kind of went into it with the idea that worst case scenario if I've got a body of work that like because I'd been taking my BA portfolio out again and again and I'd been talking about it so much and I was tired of it and getting to the point where I was like cringing at it all and I was like I'm really I've really outgrown it and I just wanted that time to really figure out what it was that I was doing and I figured if worst case scenario if I get that then it's probably worth doing um, and anything else is a bit of a bonus. Yeah. I've still not figured out what I want out of it. <laughs> so what, what, this is probably a really dumb question. Like, how do you define a master's? This is a fun question. Oh, okay. Because master's, I feel, and I could be wrong, and I think people will interpret how they want yeah, it. Totally. I always feel that they, it is a level of education where it's very heavily self-directed and it feels like especially within like the arts careers it's people refining and defining what they want to do in their practice and I think you learn the skills and you learn the basics at BA and then MA is where you like hone it into what what you're doing um, and I think that I think obviously there's like a, a level of academia in that but for me it was kind of a, a war like granting yourself that time to figure that out that's what the luxury of a master's was right um and i figured that because it is a self-directed thing anyway is there a reason that i can take that to a next level and then the idea of being a master i always thought was like that's how i kind of get away with the idea that this isn't validated is that i built a year of education that no one else has and no one else has got and i developed like a creative title from that that nobody else has got and if I'm the only person doing that stuff then am I in a sense a master of it yeah that's so interesting and that's my that's kind of like cool. when people start to be like but how can you call yourself a master and I'm like well no one else is doing it and then I just like hold my breath and hope I get away with it <laughs> people yeah have people kind of questioned this idea that it's strange concept, I guess. I thought I was really scared that it was going to be that and I was like poking the fire and that like I never wanted this project to be political or any of that I didn't want it to be about education and nothing I was just like I wanted to do the design work I wanted to do and then obviously I've learned over time that like it is more than that and I've got to use that um, yeah that, that's actually come up as one of the questions because like came and listened uh, listen to the talk that you did at Somerset House and you had a yeah. panel uh, and it was of some of the people that like, some of the experts that work and it very quickly became political yeah and everyone kind of started to pull in their different thoughts on like, education and that and like you know that you're changing education and how, how does that kind of make you feel being drawn into um, 
it was always worrying because I I didn't start this. I was so scared, like the RCA would hunt me down and kill me, and all these like everyone would hate me. Um, but then I think that like it's only coming from a very honest place exactly. and problem, and everybody's seen that, and everybody's and I don't. I think to criticise it, you have to admit there's a problem there in the first place. Um, so I think that it's. Any creative, it goes down so well, and everyone's so nice about it. Any academic tutor goes down so well. Anyone that's been in academia for maybe more than 25 years struggles with the idea. Really? Um, but I thought that I was going to be in for a real like storm of negativity, and it, people either love it or hate it, and it just hasn't. It's been a lot of love which has been very nice yeah totally it's, it, but the, I think that's one of yeah like it, it's political but in a way that like the democratisation of education that you kind of mm. made in this like, will make your master's bubble people are like lifting it up and showing it as an example of someone that's trying to change like kind of an archaic system I, th- I think I think so I hope that like I've always just been very honest about when it's going wrong when it's going right why I'm doing it and and what I want to do with it so I feel like when I spoke about it it's not like I'm trying to push any agenda I'm just sharing an experience so I think that's always been quite reassuring that I'm just saying what happened and the fact it's political is because maybe things aren't great in terms of education yeah the actual work that you ended up doing and the experience of doing it talking to like your sort of peer group and like people who are creatives that are at your like stage in life what do you think do you, do you see that there being like a real clear benefit like, in terms of like oh actually this was like exactly the right thing to do for me for X, Y, Z reason or I don't know like yeah. I think that often like that first year or two when you get out of uni is a bit of a mindfuck right like you yeah. either like move home and have like a bit of a crisis yeah. or you try and like stick it out in whatever city or town that you're in and just try and like get any old job and like make shit happen and this is like quite a unique avenue so I'm yeah. sort of interested in like that I guess. I yeah I think I've done like a year and a half maybe nearly two years yeah. in industry and I knew how uncomfortable that was for me it just wasn't working and then I think when I got into doing make your own masters I can't decide if it was just like a bit of an arrogance because I was just doing the work I wanted to do and obviously that's a really nice space but I felt so much more, as much as everything else was chaos, like I really felt like I was doing the right thing. And then the, in terms of the peer group, that was one of the most difficult thing. And I was really aware that like I needed that. And I'm not sure I ever really found it. I think that's why going into Make Your Own Masters kind of 2.0, there's 10 people. I'm not just doing this with one person because I think it was quite a lonely space in terms of like no one knew what that experience was like and no one knew where I was at with it or to be in something that you have no idea what's going to happen at the end of it in terms of learning and what's, and is there any point at all in learning without an accreditation and I think that I was pulling friends in that I'd worked, like studied with at Kingston and and it was really interesting to see that they were great and they like had an open field of reference 
but it was really interesting to see how they were completely different to when they were in education. I think your brain does different things when you've been in a job for a while, like you're very good at getting from A to B. And the, the research side of stuff and the more speculative and concept stuff, they were just throwing references, whereas I went and took it back to people studying on the BA course now at Kingston and took it to students that were like two, three years younger than me, and they were so up to speed with the thinking and the ideas, and I was like, it's really interesting to see that they, because they've been in an industry, even just for two years, it's such a different mindset learning as it is to working. Yeah, I suppose I, there's like a learning, there's like an end goal, like a yeah. feeling of brief. It was more like there was total free reign yeah. in terms of creative and the people the my friends that were working really wanted to know exactly why I was doing it and who it was for and I was like I'll figure that out like let me get there <laughs> I'm just researching at the minute yeah. it was really interesting to see that like not that they'd lost it but that they'd just become super efficient at something yeah. um, so I ended up using like the BA students maybe the most and then I started being like okay well I do need at least somebody that's thinking in a more a master's kind of space so I started yes. finding I ended up with some people from the AA who I would go and share right. stuff with but it was really interesting to see that there is like such a, a difference between someone that's learning and that's that is working that's interesting so like so like your role now and what you want to do now yeah. and having 10 people doing the masters now where, where do you see your role within that and it's, what do you want to do it's weird it's I think it has changed so much into like um, it was going to be this kind of big social enterprise and then it was going to be this I knew I never wanted to build a school I didn't want that and I don't want to build a course or a, a class or anything like that I knew I wanted it always to feel like it was independent for the individual doing it like it's as much theirs and it is my, as it is mine and I think I was trying to get funding and turn it into this thing and that's just not happened and then it felt like at one point it was getting a bit not bigger than me but like turning into something I didn't want it to and, it, and then I kind of like reframed it as like this is still very much an experiment this is just like the second phase of the experiment and now I've managed to persuade 10 other kind of <laughs> guinea pigs to go along with me and like it's weird I've kind of like handed all but the more and more the money's being restricted for me is the more that I just keep throwing responsibility onto them and as much as I'm like guiding them through this first phase I'm like you're directing the next bit you're directing the, the structure of this and like I was like I'd love to be able to get you taught and that we go and do events and things like that I was like but I just can't because I'm going to have to find my own job I was like but there's 10 of you and you're all older and probably more qualified than me like this is now your chance. I'm just kind of bringing you together, and um, and I kind of like towards the end when I was doing the interviews, oh, it was just getting really corny. But I was like, I just kind of want you to think of me just as like the girl that's in the year above you at uni. Like I don't really know what's going on, but I have done it once, so I can offer some yeah. tips and tricks. <laughs> like that. So, but I'm not. So, like, yeah. yeah, and I think that like the more I like remove myself and put myself like back into it as a part of that group, then it feels a bit more how I wanted it to feel that like I'm just kind of like I think I feel much more confident that they've got each other and I know the things that I kind of said that if I was going to do it again that like the biggest stresses for me were that I didn't have anyone to do it with um, they, I want them to have a space and a community to do it in and I want them to 
try and be financially stable. So the course is designed to they work as well, but then um, I'm finding them a residency, so they have a space to do it in, and then they have each other. And I was like, I feel like if I can take those pressures off of it, then I think I feel really confident in that it will be one of the greatest things they do. Just because of how like what it, what it did for me, not in terms of like the opportunities, but just in terms of like the self kind of motivation and wholesomeness. Yeah, <laughs> risk and talk. Yeah, and then that will then like allow them to then go and facilitate so. whatever they want to do, yeah. do next, which means really cool. Yeah. One question, how, like, at what point did it turn from just being something that you were doing as like, an individual pursuit into something where you're like, hold on a sec, I could maybe like get some other people to do this? Like, what, what point did that like, change? Um, I don't know. I think it was um, when I finished it, that was like, it wasn't even like I had to think about, am I going to do this for the people? It wasn't even a thought process. I was like, I, I knew it was going to happen, I was going to do it for the people. I should have probably stopped and thought about that a bit more. <laughs> I um, don't think that's the case, keep going. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, right, what's next? Yeah. Um, it always felt obvious, I think that it was when I realised how much people were kind of picking it up and I when it finished I was so tired and so bored of it but I kept getting emails through constantly of people being like, when do I do this? How, when's it starting? And I was like, when's what starting? And I was like, yeah. it's not a thing. Wow. Um, and then I, I think I assumed that people would just go out and do it for themselves. And then like the reality hit that like, I've taken that, like the opportunity doesn't exist for most people to do LMA. And now the opportunity doesn't exist for you to go and make your own because I took the story almost. Yeah, right. And I was like, I've, identified a problem and then made it worse to an extent no, and I was kind of like <laughs> I don't think so but I knew that like people as much as I chat nonsense people were listening mm. and like I'd been given a bit of a platform with it and I was just like I'm gonna use this for yeah I was I was kind of like shocked myself how well it worked and then how well people responded to it and it was kind of just kind of just a bit inevitable I think yeah that that was going to happen. You should feel really proud, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely you're being so thing. humble. Like, no, it's a massive opportunity It's a massive that thing created. that you've done. And yeah. also, like, it's just so many people don't take risks like that and don't put themselves out there. And I promised myself this time around, I was like, this time around, you're going to go into this with security and money and we're not doing this until it's funded. And now it's one month in and there's no funding. <laughs> So, so yeah, there's no funding? No. So is anyone, do they kind of, do the people that are doing it, is it all just kind of, I want to do it as well, I'm going to source all the stuff myself? Is it all uh, like that? Yeah, wow. essentially. Um, yeah, there's no funding and the learners aren't paying either. So it's just, uh, what I'm learning is just a very high pressure hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, so what, so you're working, you were saying, I was reading you were working as well part time for one of your tutors. That's what I did throughout, yeah. yeah. One of the briefers I worked for Daisy for about eight months when yeah. I was doing it. Yeah. And then now I am trying to be a designer. Yeah. Looking for work. Yeah, well because you're on your website. I was reading it. It's a really cool name. So that and you were talking about before that you're you're now an anthropological future designer. Yeah, I know. Can you explain what that is? It's a bit fancy, isn't it? No, it I, I'm really kinda cool. trying it on for size. Yeah. Um, 
it makes a lot of sense to me because I feel like I'd had all these interests for so long and um, I always had this intention that when I went into this I kind of found it strange that when I left my BA I had this title of a graphic designer and I was a really bad graphic designer but I had all these kind of like inventions and, and thoughts and they were quite social and quite science and future and and but I was getting graphic design jobs and being really bad at it and then just not knowing what to do like the title was almost a burden and I felt it's strange that I when you're doing a master's and it's much more about kind of self explorative is that the word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah it works. I find it really strange that like you don't know what you're going to make or do yet you're going to pick the title that's going to define what you make and do for the rest of your career at the beginning. Yeah, I find that strange. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's really strange. And also, like, just from what I know of working, if people, especially creative people, don't fit the role, like, exactly that they've been employed to do, it almost annoys people, like, in a company sort of thing. Like, if somebody's like, oh, they're here to do this job, and somebody else who's also really creative might be like, oh, but they're amazing at, like, this. Like, which is like, give them a chance and then like somebody else might be like but I just need this thing artwork so then like no I don't know I've definitely yeah. heard murmurings of that sort of thing like when I've been in agencies and just found that like really really fascinating whereas I've always thought because I'm I don't work as like, a creative I just work in the creative industry I've just always found it so yeah like weird that we are locked down by like job titles yeah, yeah. like and roles I don't know because it's definitely more like that for when you're a creative because I work in marketing it's like I don't, I don't identify hugely with like my personality like fitting like that of like a marketer but there's something like that just sounds like really but at odds to me person as but, well and like when exactly. we work together at the same agency we would work on projects come up with things together it would yeah. be you kind of just have a group of people, yeah. all of you wanting to, you know, fulfill a brief of So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, my I don't view job titles necessarily being, like, the meaning of, like, like, like I don't associate it as closely to the person as what my experience of whether people are, like, a creative this yeah. or all of that. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm not making this. No, no I think, I think it's, yeah, it comes back to the idea of constantly learning. Yeah, and, and yeah. And the space that you're, that you felt really comfortable with all those BA students of everyone kind of being like well we're just here to learn yeah, and we're yeah. here to explore and we're here to push that thing and then you get to an, into industry and a job and you're the graphic designer yeah, yeah. or you're the person you're the expert you do this specific role and sometimes even if you want to shift jobs within that or change your role a little bit it can be a little bit you know you're stuck yeah it's funny for such like a creative like creative agencies and organisations being so creative, the fact that that can be quite like regimented by role is really yeah, interesting. Yeah. And you just yeah, you're, right, yeah, you're like a bit that. of a cog. Yes, yeah. I don't know if that's like like the inner creative thinking that you're not a cog. You could do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I just need to like have a word with myself and be like, maybe maybe you do just need to be a cog for a while. I think yes, yeah, that is hard. It is hard. It's I think for me it's like working out where I want to be the cog for a yeah. while. And knowing that I do that the cog is very important in some places. Not always totally, but sometimes having to be that. Yeah. But I think yeah, you you've offered now all these other people this chance to kind of stop and take a couple say take some time yeah think about what they're doing that's it i keep trying to be like i'm so annoyed that i'm turning into a cliche but i was like 
I want this to be something that isn't like predictive. I was like, I don't want you to be predicting your futures. I want us to do and to make and to change and then reflect. I was like, surely that makes more sense to like do work and answer briefs and make projects as best feels fit for you. And then like, let's pick the themes throughout that. And clearly like if you keep answering briefs and projects in a certain way then that's how you work and that's your kind of unique spin on things and your kind of point of view and surely that is what we should be bringing to a creative industry rather than more to say yeah. um, but I also appreciate that anthropological I can't even say it so <laughs> anthropological futures is on the pretentious side no, well, no, but it, well it made loads of sense because I was like everything is behaviours everything is how people actually act yeah. and actually I'm not trying to make them sell I'm not trying to sell things to them I'm looking at how they're behaving right like now and intervening with that and it's always future based and I realised that that for me felt like career therapy like it made so much sense I'm now realising that I now have to kind of like dissect that title into industry terms and try and figure out what it means for everybody else so yeah, it's a bit of maybe but also like wouldn't, don't you want to start your own I do uh, I don't know how yeah. I don't know how you get work well, some of the I don't know what you, you do with it some of the people that you had is kind of like your mentors what kind of kind of work they do they, they were like artists weren't they yeah, yeah. they were um daisy was an artist the is kind of a materials um consultant an agency and kind of sustainability stuff it's strange i'm i'm trying to like ha- keep having to think like what do i offer what what are my services mm. i'm not sure i'm still trying to figure it all out um i don't want to be an artist I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because I'm a bit like, I'm not an artist. Like, I don't know if I just really don't identify with it yet and I just have to admit that maybe I am. I don't... There's something about... I just feel like, no, I'm a designer. And I feel like I have to, like... I mean, you have... It's totally going off script now. <laughs> Devler and I, like, before we started, think we have this big conversation about all the things we're going to talk about. Oh, and, then so we just, an and then we just... Then we just go. Um, oh, no, no, no. I completely lost my question. Oh, no, I had a question I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. That, like, that's kind of the interesting space between art and design. Yeah. That this whole idea of, like being in further education and academia and then being kind of like a design focused creative industry that's the same kind of my biggest fear is that um it isn't a sustainable career choice and that people are mainly funding stuff to be able to do that work I've seen it quite a bit, but I'm kind of keeping like hopes high that that isn't the case. That like you can make a living out of the more conceptual stuff. Yeah, I've just got to figure out how. And I think that's a crack it. I'll let you all know. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be laughing. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be a lot of people laughing as well because everyone, all the everyone's. I think it's just something. It's it's obviously the dream, isn't it? That you're just working on stuff that isn't necessarily commercial, but is mega mega creative yeah and you're actually affording to live yeah yeah no i think i think it is possible though and i think everything's changing so much like it does feel like we are in a bit of like a permanent i don't know period of change and like flux what i sort of see in the industry and like who 
fucking knows what jobs will be like yeah. in 10 years time yeah. like what is there's no point even talking about like whether a job title exists or not it's like who just knows <laughs> like what the creative industry will look like like yeah. it could just all of like i don't know turned on its head i definitely think a machine can sometimes do my job so i know that you said that you didn't ever want this to be a political endeavor but obviously it has got to a point where you are almost like reaching into that space so um what are your sort of thoughts on like i guess education like creative education as it is now like i guess just did this project come from feeling that there needed to be oh yeah are you, are you still working in kingston as well um Really recently, yeah. I had it for like a year and a half, and I've got a few days teaching coming up. Yeah, yeah. It's really like slow drips and drops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am teaching alongside. Yeah. And I really like teaching. Yeah. I'm like, it's a bit of a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no pressure there. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't know. This sounds really arrogant, but like. I was trying to think of what I can do to get money and like then I'm like oh the whole make your own master's thing is quite stressful and and like a a new new job is quite stressful and I was like teaching is the one thing that I just feel quite confident that I can do and I'm like I'm so glad when that comes through because I'm like I'm quite good at that I feel like I'm all right at it like that's the dream income for a while yeah so I I guess working in education then how does that make you feel about the state of education? I think education is one of the things that will always be criticised because I think it can always be better. Um, and everybody is entitled to it and also feels entitled to it. So when you, you start to talk about things like access, it very quickly gets people angry. Um, and I think my biggest criticism with education is access. But I don't think it's just education. I think that there's an industry issue as well there. And I think the two need to really start to sit alongside each other. Um, I think that as much as BAs are accessible to everyone, when you start to talk about different backgrounds and cultures, I don't know if either the courses are built for that. And then especially the output into a working world isn't built to necessarily sustain or help those um, that aren't necessarily maybe have a network within it or based in London already. Um, I think that there are a lot of, it's not like the problem is education. I think there's a lot of different feeders. Um, And education itself, the the courses and what they're teaching, um, I don't know if they're wrong or they're broken. They could maybe do with a refresh. I think everyone's really interested in, in this idea of bespoke education. But then also I don't know how an institution is supposed to provide us with bespoke education when people also want to turn up and have a course structure programme. So it's it's a kind of a catch-22 with that. Um, it does seem like just the links between your education and then your next steps that they need to just, the gap needs to get yeah. closer together. And like when you talk about things like access, it's like just basic things like the economics of it like you can't yeah. afford to stay in the city in which you want to like be in to try and get a yeah, job yeah. or an internship like how does that and I think work? what I I always thought that with an MA education I always kind of thought it's fine I'm clearly in debt already I, I mean I've never seen it 
I'm not sure it exists. I'm kind of hoping that I'm the lucky one that doesn't have a student debt. Like they just forgot about me. Um, and I thought that like that's what the MA would be like. I was just, I'll just add to that. It's fine. I'll, I'm never going to pay it off anyway. Um, but the reality with an MA is it's much more upfront, and it's kind of it doesn't work like that and there are so many little problems well little and big problems within education but when it comes to access because you physically can't afford it there's no excuses for that really I don't know how I mean I've tried to figure out why no one's really talking about it that much but I just think maybe people actually don't know Um, so I think that yeah when you I just genuinely didn't believe that like if I wanted something that much that I couldn't do it I was kind of like shocked and still am and then you start to talk to more and more people and it for those that are kind of in it and have wanted to pursue that it's very obvious um but I there aren't really excuses there I don't feel yeah yeah it does feel like that system is just like archaic and Broken, they're like something that just cost that. Yeah, yeah. And it's but it's not broken enough that it doesn't benefit people that can do it. Yeah. And that's where it leaves a bit of a bad taste as well because people are benefiting from that, and it's because of a privilege that gets you in. And I don't. And as well, like, do you think like when people say they've been to certain institutions, they're they're kind of they've kind of bought themselves incredibly. I think they have, and I think that's also fair they have got a, a level of education that is more than others and there is by no means like it doesn't mean that hard work went into that yeah. I think it's okay to, to talk about it in that way um, it's just a shame that people who want to be able to be a part of that probably can't at the same time um, and they are obviously valuable yeah yeah. So do you think that, like the point that make your own masters is at now where you you do have like ten people on board? Like, I guess whether you sort of like it or not, you've been drawn into the politics of education a little bit. Do you see that sort of like continuing, or do you feel like it's something that you don't really want to be I, a part of? Yeah, I don't know. I think I didn't want to be a part of it because I thought everyone would. I never knew how this would go down. And nobody is telling me to shut up, <laughs> and everybody is kind of validating what I'm saying. Um, and I think now I have confidence in that there is so much truth in what I'm actually chatting about. Um, and I just, I think timing-wise, it feels better now as well. People are actually listening. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I think that it feels much better now and I, by, like now I'm out the other side of it I do feel like I have a credibility in that field like I felt it I've done it I've tried to change it in whatever way I can so I'm not just I'm confident more that I'm not I do know what I'm on about to yeah, some degree like, of it yeah. you're not just speculating yeah. like you actually you know you, you created yeah. the project and then
No, I'm trying to figure out the design stuff. Okay. I think I wanted to do this to be a designer and um, I'm not supporting myself through any of the education stuff. Um, so I need to figure out how and what I'm going to do with that. Um, it will be futures, I don't know in what sense. And I really like this idea of um, telling futures from a different kind of a spectrum of viewpoints, for, so from different communities and different voices and not this idea of a, man, a white man on Mars probably. Yeah. Like the futures of, say like one of the projects was like a northern ex-mining town, like how do you talk about projects that relate to everyone yeah. and especially like in terms of things like sustainability, what does that look like for everybody, not just I don't know, coconut shell coasters and not using carrier bags, what does it look like for a maybe more of a working class community? Yeah. And things like that. So like understanding people and communities and circumstance and solving problems in ways that might actually work rather than just new products. So behaviour stuff. Um but knowing what to do with that or where to put it is very confusing. Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's really complex. It's like I'm onto something. I feel I like I am. Are. Yeah. You're I like just you're don't know. problems and you're coming up with solutions. Yeah. Like you've definitely got like I like apart from apart from it being such a great thing that you've done and now can give to other people. You've also yeah defined a problem, came up with a solution, had a lot of people really interested in it and behind it and you can now apply that model of being able to you know stick yeah. with something and change it to so many other different things that's awesome yeah, yeah that's interesting like, do you think that actually like people I imagine from what I've sort of like read and stuff people that have been talking to you about this have been talking to you a lot about like the education side yeah, of things yeah. and what you've done with that but actually when you think about it and how we're talking about it you you are you're sort of solving problems and actually yeah. could you see it like would you just like you know say like close the door on education and be like right I did what I could there and like, I started that conversation yeah. I started that conversation now I'm gonna look at this or this and I think that I will never leave Meteor and Masters alone. Okay. That's what I'm learning. It's kind of always going to be a part of it. What I've decided is that when I've looked back on everything, Meteor and Masters is actually a project. It is a creative project. And it's how I, as a designer, approached education. I looked at uh, my situation. I looked at kind of like how that was going to work for me as an individual and then as a community and then as a kind of maybe bigger thing. And that's how I, as anthropological future designer, approached yeah. education. And if I can start to sit that as a, a, a project underneath that, then does that make sense as well? Definitely. As how uh, maybe a much more kind of... Because I think this idea of creating your own discipline and building your own course, and as unradical as it sounds, um, nobody's done it. It's so so it was quite future-facing yeah. in a sense. But just kind of play that now. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to like pull myself out of it and like it's like shedding a skin um, and like giving the new ten learners like control of the Instagram and control of the Twitter and they're gonna have the website. Like it's their project now as much as I'm leading it. Like to try and like yeah, I don't know, just differentiate the two because it is difficult trying to talk about the design work and I'm so much better at talking about the masters so I just do it and then I'm like why does no one want to talk to me about design and I'm like because you don't talk about it so it's much my own fault Um, but yeah I'm trying to sit the two alongside each other and live a bit of a double life 
of like split my week half of that half of this and just see what happens um but i love it it's like it's so sociable as well and the rest of the time i'm on my own without a clue and then a half of the week i'm with people all the time kind of talking about and knowing what i'm on about <laughs> which is nice oh i'm excited for the next thing too find out what it is let me know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole idea of the podcast came from like, wouldn't it just be nice to just sit in like a cafe or like a pub or whatever and just like sit at a table and have a conversation like you would with a mate over dinner sort of thing. So I came up with this silly idea, which is like, bring it to the table, which is basically asking everybody who's on the podcast, like to bring like an idea or a topic that like they think is interesting about the industry or that they'd like to like explore or I don't know or something that pisses them off about the industry like that is just it just allows like you to almost like either open it up or throw it back on us because we've just spent like however long asking you those questions um, I've got like I was gonna say an agenda then but let's call it an idea oh cool agenda <laughs> but I'm trying to my secret agenda <laughs> I'm trying to push with the whole make your own masters thing and it was, it's this idea of like the learner in residence um, I'm trying to push it I have no idea how it's going to go what does, so what does so that mean the idea is that um, each of the learners rather than me having to find a space for them and set up some sort of like I don't know studio or school I've been approaching like creative businesses and creative studios and asking them if they'll donate a space to a learner a few days a week so that that learner has like a community and a space to go and sit in and feel a bit more professional and they're also around a professional environment so they're a bit like a foot in like they're, they're very much doing their own learning but they're in a professional space and this is like my second phase of the experiment like I don't know how that's going to go this time around but I just think when I was talking before how it's so weird to see that those that are working in an industry how their brains work compared to those that are actually in education and the, the like agility they have to like jump to ideas and the, the thinking without limits and the experimentation I think it's something so interesting could happen if you bring that into a creative if, into a professional space and I like the idea that there's going to be this learner I don't know researching kind of like vaccinations and um, the microbiome or something alongside a set of filmmakers or kind of a set of I don't know graphic designers and products and I think that like as a little experiment that could be so exciting and I think at the minute it feels like I'm trying to ask the studios for like space and like for them to donate space to me and it feels like I'm kind of taking from them but I really hope that like by the end of this it proves such a valuable thing to have that kind of thinking within a space for free yeah I'm kind of hoping by the end that they see that like they're getting more out of this than they give in yeah yeah um, exactly like if somebody has the space like, yeah is it great to just have like an extra creative mind and someone that can yeah present all that culture stuff. and yeah like come at things from a different point of view and bring have you been asking people I've been asking people yeah um it's difficult. What, is, what are they saying? Um, at the minute, because it's 
not particularly tried and tested. Um, people are trying to put it into a box of, well, are they an intern? And I'm like, nope, they're not an intern, they're not working for you. And they were like, well, are we paying them? And I'm like, nope, you're not paying them, they're not working for you. And they were like, well, are we setting them work? And I'm like, no, they're doing their own thing. And then it's like, well, how long, how much do we have to talk to them? I'm like, as much as you want that they're, yeah. in, they're just kind of like, in your space if you take them for lunch that could be nice but like I don't want to enforce any rules on this I want it to be a bit more of a natural thing um, and at the minute I think people are like well what am I getting out of it and if I I feel like I'm going too heavy on the cell of like they're doing all this experimenting and stuff um, and it's not people at the minute are just I think seeing it as they're giving a lot yeah and I'm hoping that by the end of this I can prove that they're getting a hell of a lot more but it's difficult to tell people that that's hard um, it's like just um, do you want to do you want I don't know I was about to say something but I don't know if this is right is that I'm going in Go. they could be like partners they could be partners of the, the course yes and then it would be because I'm, I'm trying to think of times when because like I work in a design agency and the only people that would ever come and float around would be clients mm -hmm. and if there's a client in then a client might you know sit at a desk or sit at a whatever and that's kind of the same level because when the client when a client is in there not working I mean we're, we're working with them on something else but they're in doing their own work they yeah. just want to be in the space or they've got a meeting later or you know and that's kind of the same relationship yeah, in yeah. a sense right mm -hmm. so they kind of yeah, like the, I think the surface layer sounds really easy and really obvious. Yeah. And then it, you start to dig into it, and it's a brand new role, and it's hard to explain that um, with no kind of trial for it. Mm. I was kind of like that when I first started making my masters, but then because I ended you, up. You were given a space, right? Yeah, I, I had a few at the beginning. Like I was just doing one day a week at random studios that I maybe knew someone there or I'd worked at before, and it was going really well. Like because it was so casual, and, and I'd asked for it. Yeah. And they knew me, and they knew that um, I wasn't like there was. I don't know. It was just quite like a personal, thi personable. I don't know if that's a word, thing. Um, trying to roll it out as a idea and a concept becomes just it's a whole different kind of ball game and have people like that are doing the course now have they started to ask so i'm asking on their behalf okay. um because because i've learned that that's quite a hard sell to yes. an extent and it's quite a hard conversation to have um so i found them quite a few i think i've got about eight which okay. is great that's great if they pull off or not i don't know but there's the eight kind of space I've got eight spaces donated so far okay. I need to find two more okay. um, and they're only committing to four months for now so it could all change again okay. um, but we'll see how it goes. What is that four months of them being there like all the time? Uh, they're going to be there two days a week three days a week okay. because they're working as well Yeah. so it would just be up to just, it's just somewhere that like I don't I think it's quite. It can be quite a lonely place. Yeah. On its own, just doing this learning, and I didn't feel comfortable just letting them deal with that. I was like, I want you to have somewhere to go and to do this, so it feels more official, and you feel a part of something, and you can be, and stuff as simple as just like going for lunch with people. Like it's so valuable. And you want you want those spaces as well to be somewhere that they would want to be too. Yeah. yeah. And like. 
I don't want them to feel like the space to feel like they're just helping this person the whole time but like if they have a quick question it's actually quite nice just to get a quick response rather than having to email someone to set up an email uh, to set up some sort of meeting like if they can ask you over lunch it's just so much I think it could be just such a better environment for someone to learn co-working spaces would be what about that like I've got a few yeah. co-working yeah yeah because that would be that would make, that would make sense yeah co-working spaces are, are great because it makes sense in terms of like they just slot in um, it's the kind of paid space that's difficult so it's it's a bit of a minefield at times <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, if I know anyone, any spaces, yeah. any spare desks, yeah, yeah, definitely. They're all really nice people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the lookout for you. Great, thank you. I'm sure that if anyone listens to the podcast, yeah, got an empty desk. <laughs> Want a new friend? <laughs> Thank you for listening to What A Way To Make A Living. We love talking to Stacey, so big thanks to her. We'll put links in the show notes to the work she completed during her master's and links to the 2020 Make Your Own Master's students. We want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What would you like us to ask people about? Follow us on Instagram at Podcast or send us an email, whatawaytomakeapodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Fanes. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>